Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts, and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference. to get to our destination today, we're traveling down a rather unassuming gravel road. Continue on Cloverdale Road for 0.3 miles. And then, all of a sudden, you turn, and the road is paved again. I, I think we're getting close. And then, you see this large sign, and it says, Pierce Cedar Creek Institute. You have arrived at your destination. And you can hear all of the sounds of nature coming from the prairie and hills of southwestern Michigan. And we've come here today to learn about one thing that lives in that prairie. Fungi. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the show about science. This is, as usual, your host, Nate. So let's just jump right in and learn a little bit more about where we're at right now. So you're at Pierce Cedar Creek Institute. So Pierce Cedar Creek Institute is uh, part nature center, part nature preserve, part biological field station. We do a lot of different things here. We have 849 acres of property, so we have a lot of property, lots of different habitats, anything from beech maple forests to wetlands. There's tamarack swamps. We have cedar swamps. We have prairies. And our mission here is to inspire appreciation and stewardship of the environment. And so we want you to appreciate this nature and then want to learn how to take care of it. Uh, And we're located in southwest Michigan. This is Ellen, and she's the one that's going to be guiding us through the amazing world of fungi. So my name is Ellen Holstey. I'm the community program manager at Pierce Cedar Creek Institute. My background, though, is as a scientist. So I got my biology degree when I went to my undergrad. Then I went off to the Peace Corps for a few years, and I went down to Guatemala. I actually went there for three years, and I taught people how to grow plants. I taught people how to do composting, organic gardening, school gardens, family gardens. How do we grow these vegetables and then how do we eat them? And while I was down there, have you ever heard of Hurricane Katrina before? Did you ever hear about that hurricane? Well, at that same time, there was another hurricane in Guatemala called Hurricane Stan. And Hurricane Stan basically wiped out a lot of villages, created big landslides, 
there was a lot of problems down there. And I was down there at that time. So I saw the problems of deforestation on the landscape. So I was really interested in coming back to the United States, learning more about plants, learning more about trees, and how can we help restore some of these areas and tropical areas. So I came back to the U.S., came to Michigan State University to learn more about that. I met someone who told me, well, it's not just the plants we need to do something with. We also have to think about the fungus. I was like, wait a minute, what does that have to do with anything? And actually, there is a fungus that is associated with 80 to 90 percent of all land plants. So look around. You see grass, right? We see trees. Yeah. 80 to 90 percent of those plants have a fungus that's associated in their roots below the ground. Wow. You can't see it. So they help the plant take up nutrients, what they need to, in order to grow and survive. They help the plant survive. Yeah, and I think for trees, they like give them some carbon to help with their bark and defense. So think of it this way. Plants can take up their own nutrients, but it's a little cheaper for fungi to do it. They also can take up things that it's harder for the tree to take up. And then oh. they can just give the tree that in exchange for, like, some stuff that they need. Mm-hmm, because the fungus can't make its own food. So the fungus needs the tree to help it have food. Well, then the fungus can give it nutrients to the tree or yeah, other so plants. there's a symbiotic relationship. Oh, I love that, that you know that. Yes, yeah. it's a symbiotic relationship. Great. Yeah, so that's what I studied for all the time that I was basically doing my research. I went back to the tropics, and I studied that relationship. And it really it hasn't stopped since then. <laughs> I've been learning more about fungi, and I like to talk to people about fungi. All right, little known fact, there's also a symbiotic relationship between learning and playing. And I am here at the Pierce Cedar Creek Institute to do both. So this is our play space area. Um, this is a, what they call a natural play area. So uh, can you tell why they might call it a natural play area? You got it. <laughs> uh, well, gonna just go on to the, oh, that's a big drop. Oh. Not only do I know why it's called a natural play area, okay. I'm getting right down to business and jumping between partially buried logs. Almost got it. Yep. And doing everything I can not to fall off. And when you get to the ones at the end, you may see something different about those logs. Oh, that one has some red fungus on it. So the one cool thing about fungi, and this is actually, it looks like more, it might be a dehydrated one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the one cool thing about fungi is that they come in many different shapes and colors. And so we usually think of them as something with a stem and a cap. Right, maybe like a something a mushroom, yeah. Maybe something from like Super Mario, right? So it's mm-hmm. red. It's got those spots on top. But that word mushroom is kind of like the fruit of a fungus. So you know how you have a tree and you have flowers on the tree, right? Yeah. And those flowers eventually turn into the fruit. Yeah, and then they spread the seeds, mm-hmm. and and that up comes new plants to continue the cycle again. Correct. So think of the mushroom like that fruit. So we see only that fruit that comes up from the ground. So that is a mushroom, all right? But a mushroom is just that top part. It's when the conditions are right, when it's nice and right temperature, right moisture. But fungus is 
everything. So it's not just that fruit, but it's all of that stuff that's below ground that you may or may not see. It's this white stuff that we see around here. So the fungus is not just that top fruiting body, the mushroom, but it's all that what they call hyphae. So hyphae is basically like those root-like structures. Again, not roots, but it's everything else that's breaking down dead plant material, and that's how it's eating. So you may have what they call a whole mycelial mat, and I'm going to give you a big term for a second, mycelial, mycelial, or mycelium, and that's all the stuff that's underground. And the majority of what a fungus is, is underground. So yeah. you don't see most of the mushroom or most of the fungus. Wow. So I may use them interchangeably, but most people will say fungus is that overarching category and mushroom is just the fruit. Okay. And the other thing is sometimes people call it fungi, fun sometimes people call it fungi. Either one is right. Yeah, I, I, I call it fungi. I do too because I like to say I'm a fun gal. And Fair you're a fun guy, right? Yep. But sometimes people say fungi and both of them are correct. All right, enough joking around. We need to get serious because we're about to learn the rules for mushroom hunting. So these are my golden rules for mushroom hunting. Rule number one. When you're out mushroom hunting, you always want to be aware of your surroundings because there's a lot of mushrooms that like to grow right next to poison ivy. If that mushroom touched that poison ivy, and I've seen mushrooms almost grow through poison ivy, you will get that oil from that poison ivy onto that mushroom. So you really want to be aware of what is around when you are picking mushrooms. Rule number two. A lot of times there are misconceptions for mushroom hunting. One of them might be if it's a white mushroom, it's safe to eat. Not true. There are definitely white mushrooms out there, such as the destroying angel. Not safe to eat. Yeah, I was about to say the destroying angel. Yeah, destroying angel. That's white and it's not safe to eat. Rule number three. Some people say that if you cook a mushroom, it is safe to eat. Again, nope. not always the case and really not the case. Even if you cook it, you're still going to have the poisons in it. Rule number four. Trying to think if there's any others. Oh, and if you're not 100% sure of what you have, just don't eat it. You are now prepared to go mushroom hunting. All right, everyone. If you're ready, I'm ready. Let's do this thing. Let the hunt begin. That thing! That's We have that thing! Touch it. Uh, is it okay it's to okay touch? It's okay to touch. And I'll explain. Oh! It's slimy and it's yellow underneath. It's slimy and it's yellow. So scientists used to say that this is another type of fungus. It's called dog vomit slime mold. Slime molds. So slime molds they used to say was in the fungi kingdom. So it's a whole kingdom, just like we have the plant kingdom, we have the animal kingdom. It is actually wet on the inside if you like poke it with a stick. It is, they call it gelatinous. It's kind of like jello, right, on the inside. Oh. Um, it actually, they realized it's more closely related to amoebas than fungi. So now it's its own category. It's not actually a fungus, but it likes to come up a lot of times when it gets really, really wet as well. But so like, it's a slime mold, not a fungus. If, so if I take some of this thing that I've got and I stick in, if I put it somewhere else, like say just right here, will that turn into another slime mold? It could, yeah, because all of this powdery stuff that you saw on top, that's all its spores. So oh. spores, how, how do plants, go somewhere else? How do they reproduce? Uh, well, plants like 
uh, get pollinators like bees to bring pollen to other plants, and then that pollen turns into seeds, mm -hmm. uh, and then those seeds become new plants. Correct. So slime mold, just like mushrooms and fungi and some other things, they don't have seeds. They have something called spores, and they're a lot like seeds. Uh, but those spores are basically how they reproduce. So how they make baby mushrooms or how they make baby slime molds. And so if those spores, which what you felt on top, that powdery part, go somewhere else, they have a chance to make another slime mold someplace else. Hmm. All right, so my first find, it wasn't an actual fungus, but it is still pretty cool. But it wasn't long before we were hot on the trail of a real fungus. Come here, I'll show you something. Oh my God. So he's a little dehydrated right now. A lot of mushrooms are a lot of water, but this is a particular type of fungus. What does it kind of look like to you? Uh, Here's another one that's all dried up. I don't know, what does it look like? Well, they call this one, the common name is dog stinkhorn. Why do they all have dog in the name? They don't all have dog, you just keep finding the dog ones. <laughs> So, there's a reason why they call it stinkhorn. Do you think no. it might have a smell? Oh, no, 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 no. Nope, 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 nope. So, so they call it stinkhorn for a reason? Uh, uh, they might. Yep, there yep, might yep. might be a reason. But yeah, this one's a fun one to find, and a lot of times this is where you'll find it. Hmm. In mulch piles. And this is actually, what do you think that is? Uh, Here's another one that's all dried up. So all that white stuff is it's hyphae, so those are kind of like root-like structures. Hmm. So yeah, mulch piles. But they piles, are plants, so they are not roots. Oh, you, you rock, give me a high five on that one. Uh, yes, you are correct. Fungi, mushrooms, not plants. Do you know why they're not plants? Well, because they can't do photosynthesis. Correct, oh. they cannot make their own food. So they are more like us, so they are more like animals and actually more closely related to us than they are to plants, even though they look more like plants. Uh, I found another fungus. It's a mushroom that's a hanging mushroom and it's furry. Oh, you found a hanging furry mushroom? Yep. Oh, yes. All right, so let's, we felt it. We felt it, it's furry, right? It is. All right, let's take it off a little bit. Ooh, it's very hard too. Mm. So that means this one's very dehydrated. <laughs> We're gonna just write just a little bit. Ooh, so what do you notice on the underside? Uh, on the other side, it has gills. It does have gills. So this is furrier than I expect it to be. This to me reminds me of an oyster mushroom. My guess is that people have harvested this one <laughs> a little bit, um, but it's kind of one that it definitely has gills. I'm a little surprised by how hairy it is uh, because usually our oysters aren't so hairy. Oh, and is that like some, uh, what's it called? Do you want help? Hila? Uh, hyphae. Ah, hyphae. And so that white substance you see underneath the bark are some hyphae. And what are those to the fungus? Do you remember? Uh, they're kind of like the roots. They're what they absorb nutrients in. Mm -hmm. So I like to say the hyphae are kind of like straws. They're sucking things up. So, yep, exactly. And everything underground are that hyphae. One other cool thing about mushrooms that I forgot to tell you. Yeah. What do you think the actual mushroom is made out of? Water? Water's one thing. 
The rest of it is made out of something called chitin. Have you ever heard of chitin before? I have. I just can't put my finger on what it is. It's okay. The exoskeleton, so the outside hard shell of insects, are also made of chitin.、Mm. So they're made out of the same thing that insects are made out of. Which is again one reason that they're probably. Closer related to animals than to plants,、mm-hmm. and all that chitin. Basically, a mushroom is made of all that hyphae, all that chitin, and it's all those stringy things all put together, and it makes that mushroom. All right, let's keep looking. Let's keep looking. Um. Oh, there's like the top of a mushroom, except it's coming out of the side of a log instead of like coming up from the ground and. Being like a regular mushroom, it's coming out from the side of the log. So this is what you call a shelf or a bracket mushroom.、Hmm. We'll pick one off so you can see what the underside looks like. So、oh, wow. this one's kind of smooth. Sometimes they'll have pores, like pores on your face.、Huh. Sometimes they'll have teeth, like spines or teeth, right?、Hmm. Or sometimes they'll have gills, and that helps you identify what you have. So. Uh, it's been really fun, like looking at all the different types of mushrooms and fungi. But what do you think is the most important thing for people to take away about fungi, mushrooms, or mushroom hunting? So for me, mushrooms are really important to this earth. They do lots of different things. So they can actually break down oil spills.、Hmm. They could be used for packaging. They could be used for medicine. Penicillin is a type of mushroom,、oh. and so we're still learning a lot. So I think some of the most important things is keep learning, keep exploring, keep observing, and keep wondering about mushrooms. The more people that are doing that, the better. All right. So if people want to find out more about the Pierce Cedar Creek Institute, where can they go? So Pierce Cedar Creek Institute has a website. It's cedarcreekinstitute.org. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. We also have our own YouTube channel. So on YouTube, if you type in Pierce Cedar Creek Institute, we have a lot of programs that we've put up there of past programs we've given, or even things about different research that is being done at the institute. So that's a great place to learn more about the institute as well as Facebook. All right, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me and learning more about mushrooms. All right. Thank you to everyone at the Pierce Cedar Creek Institute for making the show possible. Our theme music was composed by Jeff Dan and Teresa Brooks, and all additional music comes from Epidemic Sound. Thank you for listening to this whole episode. I hope you liked it. And Dad, you can shut the recording off. October fifteenth is National Mushroom Day, so if you'd like to come down to Pierce Cedar Creek Institute, they're located in Hastings, Michigan, and so that day would be the perfect time to come out here,、uh, go on some of the hiking trails, and maybe find some mushrooms yourself.、Mm-hmm. It's also Uncle Jacob Day. So you know, mushrooms and Uncle Jacobs were all、uh, <laughs> <laughs> mushrooms and Uncle Jacob day. Well, yeah, usually spring and fall are the best times because it tends to be cooler weather and it tends to be wetter,、uh, and so that's why morels in the spring, and about everything. Well, there's quite a few. And about everything else. About everything fall. else in the fall. Yeah, <laughs> there's quite a few that come up in the fall. Happy early birthday, Uncle Jacob.
And to the newest addition to my family, Baby James, welcome to the world. Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We The Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference.